I'm Deidre. I'm Chelsea. And we're giving you a million murders. New Year bonus. Coming at you live. Not really. <laughs> from the new year, honey. From the new year. So and a happy new year. Mm-hmm. We hope that you all have had a fantastic 2022. Yes, we hope that it was filled with joy. But yeah, if you didn't, it's a new year. New year, new me. Okay, so we are going to do just, a little bonus episode. Yeah, just a little bonus. A little short one. So... I'm going to go first, and I'm just going to do some updates that happened in true crime stories this year, Mm. because I thought, you know, there's some things that we didn't cover that happened, and so just in case you missed it. So on October 28th of this year, Richard Allen was charged with two counts of murder for the 2017 deaths of Abigail Williams and Liberty German in Delphi, Indiana. The Indiana State Police held a press conference on Halloween saying an arrest has been made thanks to literally hundreds of media outlets and keeping the memories of Abby and Libby front and center. They also reminded everyone that the investigation is an active and ongoing investigation. So for those of y'all who aren't familiar with this case, Abby and Libby, Abby was 13 and Libby was 14. They were reported missing in February of 2017 after they didn't return from a hike at the Monin High Bridge Trail in Delphi, Indiana. Mm -hmm. So the next day, their bodies were found near the bridge on property that belonged to a man named Ronald Logan. The police talked to Logan, who was 77 at the time, and he told police he was at an aquarium store during the time the girls went missing. He wasn't arrested or charged for the murders, obviously, Um, but Libby knew something strange was going on that day at the bridge. She took a photo of a man in a blue hoodie and started discreetly recording him on her phone. So in the video, and I think it's a Snapchat video, Mm -hmm. you can hear the man saying down the hill, which was a big clue that authorities released to the public to see if they could match the voice with someone people knew. And so that is a big, huge update. Yeah, that's sad. That was a sad case. Yeah, it really, really was. That's still open. Yeah, so hopefully they have you know, the right guy and that Mm -hmm. justice will finally be served for those two girls for sure. So that was an update. And then my second update is about Adnan Syed, which some people are going to be familiar with him. Some people aren't. So his murder conviction was profiled in the popular podcast serial. So if you, you know, know serial, this is, you know, you know what this is about. Um, so, Adnan has always maintained his innocence in the 1999 murder of his former girlfriend, Hay Min Lee. After more than 20 years, a Baltimore judge overturned his conviction and released him from prison. And prosecutors have now dropped all charges against him. So, 18-year-old Hay Min Lee was last seen on January 13, 1999, and her body was found strangled to death four weeks later, February 9th, Goodness. 1999. Yeah. In Leakin Park, Maryland. The then 17-year-old Adnan Syed 
was arrested for the crime and sentenced to life in prison within a year. Mm. Yeah, it was a whole thing. He was convicted of first-degree murder, robbery, kidnapping, and false imprisonment. But the whole thing was, like, it was all based on the story of this one witness, Jay, who testified that he helped bury Lee's body with Adnan, but he was lying. It was just a whole thing. Yeah, and then, you know, like, they tried to get an alibi for Adnan, but they interviewed him so long after the murder that he couldn't remember. remember. Yeah, like, six months later. I can't remember stuff I did two weeks ago. Yeah, I can't remember. Look... I can't remember what I did yesterday. I know. I'm like, I would never have an alibi for myself. I'd be like, oh, well, I guess I did this, you know. So after the success of the Serial podcast, many people expressed concern that Adnan was wrongfully convicted and wanted his case to be reexamined. While authorities claimed Lee struggled in a car with Adnan before her death, Adnan's attorney, Rabia Chaudhry, who I've seen, she was at the Obsessed... Uh, fest that I went to. Oh, yeah? She's phenomenal. She's fantastic. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. (laughs) Okay, so Adnan's attorney, Ravia Chaudhry, argued for that to be true, a killer would have to be near the victim. Like, if they were fighting in the car, they had to be near each other. Mm -hmm. Right? So, according to documents in 2019, prosecutors tested items including fingernail clippings, a rope, blood samples, and a liquor bottle and other items of clothing, and none of these tested positive for Adnan's DNA. Okay, so they had all this stuff at the crime scene. Or, but they still... And none of them, yeah, and he still was convicted. Mm-mm. So in 2021, the Baltimore State's attorney said she no longer had confidence in Adnan's conviction. After a year-long investigation with Adnan's lawyer, prosecutors fought to overturn his conviction in the interests of justice and fairness, and that, at a minimum, he be given a new trial. After prosecutors and Adnan's lawyer filled motions questioning the integrity of the trial and evidence that has kept him behind bars the past 23 years, Baltimore Circuit Judge Melissa Finn overturned Adnan's first-degree murder conviction on September 19, 2022. Baltimore prosecutors had 30 days to decide whether to pursue a new trial, and on October 11, 2022, After receiving DNA results that excluded Adnan from the DNA on the evidence, they dropped all charges against Adnan Syed. It's crazy. Yeah. And, like, you know, it's just, it's just terrible. And we still don't know who did this. Yeah. You know, we had somebody in prison for 23 years of their life. That was innocent. Yeah, from the time they were 17 years old until now. And now we have to go back and do the work all over again mm-hmm. to try to find out who truly did this. Like, what happened to innocent until proven guilty? <laughs> right. No, it's not. It doesn't work like that for everybody. It's terrible. So, but I'm going to end. I mean, that's a good, that's a happier note. You know, he's out of yeah. prison, but we still have, you know, his ex-girlfriend was still murdered and don't know who it was exactly so you know it's a bittersweet type of thing but we're obviously glad that he's out so i'm ending on a happy note so in may of 2021 authorities say camaria johnson disappeared from her father's kentucky home and according to published reports she left after an argument with her father 
She was last seen at a local gas station after being picked up and finding a ride to the location. In October of 2021, Johnson's case was featured as a missing child on ID's In Pursuit with John Walsh. So John Walsh from America's Most Wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, the public was asked to contact John Walsh's hotline directly if any information was known about Johnson's whereabouts. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until December 2022, Johnson's mother said she received a call that changed everything. She said Johnson was on the other end of the line and she was finally ready to come home. After 19 long months, Johnson wanted someone to pick her up in Memphis, Tennessee, after leaving her father's Kentucky house more than a year before. According to WDRB, a local station that connected with Johnson directly and interviewed her, Johnson said her father was abusive and she didn't have a choice but to flee. She said specifically, I had to save myself and I feel really guilty about it, but I just couldn't do it and it was just a lot to deal with and no one was listening to me. So I didn't mention that this gets a little sad before it gets happy, you know. So although Johnson didn't reportedly did not have a plan when she left, she made her way to Memphis, Tennessee, telling the station, I was still intensely in survival mode, but it was definitely safer than the situation that I was in. Johnson said she was fearful of using social media or coming forward before she turned 18 years old. The reason why she waited, reportedly, was because she didn't want to take the chance of getting sent back to the home with her father Yeah. in the alleged abusive environment she spoke about with the local station. So, I mean, depending on where she was at, she, like, it was, like, at least five hours away Yeah. that she ran away, you know? And, I mean, she just was on her own. She mm-hmm. was 17. Sad. It is sad. So... As for her future, Johnson said she would like to learn how to drive and finish high school. She added, I want to major in developmental psychology so that I can help kids who are going through things like this. For this holiday season, Johnson believes strongly, honestly, I got what I wanted for Christmas, reuniting with my family. Mm -hmm. This teenager had been missing, Kamaria, and she's back with her family now. And she's 18, so she's never going to get hurt again, mm-hmm. you know, from her father's, you know, household, like, yeah, she's gone. And she's with her mom. Yay. And she came back right in time for Christmas. Mm. So I know that was pretty brief. But those are just some things that maybe, you know, you didn't hear about. I didn't hear about this girl, Kamaria. I didn't know she was missing from Kentucky. Or else, you yeah, know, neither. Yeah, we one of us would have, you know, it would have been my news stories, at yeah. least. So, yeah. So that is all that I have. Alrighty, I'm going to tell some like short, scary, short stories. Ooh. So it all started at about dinner time when my boyfriend and I were cleaning up and getting ready to have people over. We kept losing things, then finding them right back in the same place a few minutes later. We thought we were just imagining it, but it kept happening over and over. It seemed like every time we needed something, it would disappear. After finally getting everything cleaned, my friend Carson arrived. He, my boyfriend, and I were sitting there watching TV, talking about nothing in particular, when my boyfriend said something, and an unknown man's voice said, Right? 
in return. What? No. Mm-mm. The three of us were so confused, we looked everywhere to see if our roommates had come home, but no one was there. We told them about it later, and they told us that they had been hearing the same thing since the night of the eclipse. A while later, I went to the bathroom, and I heard a loud cough behind my ear as I was washing my hands. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. All the hair on my neck stood up, and I ran out of there. No one that was there believed me until the rest of our guests showed up. I was drinking after that, and so was everyone else except for the two designated drivers. One got there before the other, and they both said they heard a cough when they were in the bathroom. They didn't know I had heard it or that each other had either, so it's not hard to tell why everyone believed me after that. Mm -hmm. Nothing happened to me the rest of the night, but in the morning... When I was sobered up as well as everyone else, I heard the cough again. Nothing has happened since, though. I'm getting worried about holidays and whatnot because it seems that is the only time anything really happens around here. Hmm. What is going on? I would freak out if I, ugh, behind her ear, cough. I wouldn't have, I would have left. In a room by yourself. She ran. She left. Yeah. No, I would have left the whole house. Like, goodbye. Goodbye. If I gotta walk, crawl, run, skip, jump, leap, I'm gone. Mm-mm, mm-mm. The next one is titled The Woman in Red at the Drake Hotel. Hmm. On New Year's Eve in 1920, just after opening, the Drake Hotel in Chicago threw a celebration to remember. Rich people and big-time celebrities from all over the world attended the party, excited to see the beautiful new building and ring in the new year. One of the attendees will become a part of history that night, haunting history. Mm. A man and his fiancée were at the event. The fiancée, who was dressed in a vibrant red gown, caught her husband being disloyal. Uh Uh-oh. We know what that means. She was torn apart by it. In a fit of rage and sadness, she threw herself from the 10th floor window, ending her life. They thought they'd seen the last of the poor woman, but multiple sightings of an apparition in a red dress have been reported at the hotel since her demise some say that she's intent on replaying her final night as she's typically seen wandering the 10th floor where she took her own life she's also been seen roaming the hallway seemingly unaware that she'd passed away over a century ago Mm. that's sad yeah it's sad and creepy yeah it is creepy The next one is titled New Year's Eve Lady in White. Mm. Tales of a lady in white are common when it comes to ghost stories. Most of these ghost stories are stuck reliving the final moments of their lives over and over for decades and sometimes centuries. Similar to the story that I just read. Mm. But you know, you have a powerful and potentially dangerous phantom on your hands when they have the ability to intrude. That's exactly what the New Year's Eve lady in white does. For years, New Year's Eve party hosts from all over the world have reported an uninvited guest that showed up to their celebration. This guest isn't seen entering the house. They just appear. They don't socialize. They don't eat or enjoy a beverage. They just roam through the party as if it were happening in their own home. If you see an uninvited guest dressed in white at your New Year's celebration, you're getting a visit from the lady in white. Just ignore her and she will see herself out, but if you come if you confront her or upset her, you can be sure you'll feel her wrath. Ooh. Um that ended darkly. It did. <laughs> that was so dark. Okay, so the next one is titled The Phantom Texture. Mm. 
Uh, and it says, one story found on Reddit told of a spooky story that occurred on one New Year's Eve. A fellow started receiving text messages from an unknown number on New Year's Eve that said, I'm outside. Uh-uh. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> the messages began to escalate. And at one point, the mysterious texter claimed to be inside the house watching him and friends. The text continued throughout the night with the texter describing the guy's car and sending creepy texts while they were driving home that indicated the texter was watching him. When others tried to call the number that he was receiving the text from, they got a message saying it was not a working phone number. Mm. While the messages eventually stopped, the fear never really went away, he later said. I haven't dived too deep into this. One on hand, I felt that something really bad could happen if I kept probing it. Nothing has happened so far, but on the other hand, I don't have any closure, and sometimes I get paranoid about getting another message. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. I'm watching. I'm outside. What do you mean you outside? Go outside somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Go can't. On. No, ma'am. The next one's titled The Phantoms of the Inn. Hmm. The Inn on Main Street Bed and Breakfast, located in Weaverville, North Carolina is indeed very spirited on New Year's Eve. Although the innkeepers of this historic bed and breakfast will not admit it's haunted, there's no denying the tales told by guests or staff verifying the house's spectral activity. Mm. Phantoms lurk in its spaces, and mysteriously, they have a special preference for making an appearance on New Year's Eve. Strangely, on New Year's Eve, Guests frequently hear pictures fall off the wall multiple times, never finding physical evidence of them actually falling. Is this a residual haunting or just too much celebratory champagne? In addition, many also hear the back door open and then close. Yet again, no mortal is ever discovered entering the building. The house was built a hundred years ago by a doctor. Hmm. The innkeepers know of at least one person has died in the house. A blood stain remains under the tiles in a bathroom that was once part of his operating room and lab. The stain was never able to be removed, even with sanding, resorting to it being hidden with tile. Could any of these haunts have a relevance to the celebrations of a new year? Do not hesitate from staying at this inn. On the other hand, be fascinated for the opportunity. Innkeepers have been told all the energy here is good, claiming they've never lost a guest to the inn's ten identified phantoms, including men, women, children, Native Americans, and even a white dog. But again, they will never confirm their presence. Really? Huh. Like, no. They're like, well, they're not here. <laughs> if we say they're not here, they're not here. They're not no, here. they're here. <laughs> the next one is titled Man in the Yellow Raincoat. The Haunted Agora Theater Hmm. and Ballroom in Cleveland, Ohio, has its own New Year's creepy story. A holiday ghost hunt one December 31st was planned to seek the legends that haunt this historical venue. The entity they they sought most was the ominous man in the yellow raincoat. During the investigation, one of the ghost hunters felt a splash of cold water on the back of her legs. Upon reaching down to find the source, she found that her tights were dry and there was no one behind her who could have spilled liquid. Uh-uh. Still, a strange wet sensation remained tingling where she felt water minutes after the encounter. 
This, in fact, is a common experience, all attributed to the man in the yellow raincoat. He has been seen on stage, on the catwalk, and in several of the viewing balconies. Apparently, he is interactive with spectators, often casting disciplinary looks when the audience is naughty. Uh Uh-oh. Other experiences that may have encountered include doors opening on their own and the appearance of what looks like bloodstains in the basement. The Agora Theater and Ballroom has seen the performances of Elvis and the Beatles and is also home to some spirits. A psychic once did an investigation and said the spirit's name was John. Hmm. So Elvis and the Beatles have performed here. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And it's hauling in. Okay, this uh, next one's going to be my last one. Okay. And it's titled The Bellboy for the Hotel of the Dead Stars. <laughs> mm. Besides accommodating the common traveler, the Mont Vista Hotel and Flagstaff hosts a number of other worldly immortal guests and staff members. The legendary hotel opened on New Year's Day of 1927 and during the 1940s and 50s was a popular spot for Hollywood guests while more than 100 Western movies were filmed nearby. Hmm. Some of the guests of the hotel, including Ben Crosby, Jane Russell, Gary Cooper, Spencer Tracy, and many others. Me and Sarah love Ben Crosby. I was about to say, Ben Crosby is the only one that I think I know out of all those. So one of the ghosts here is that of a phantom bubble who knocks on doors and then vanishes. Mm-mm. This it's what was that called? We used to play something dash. Yeah, like doorbell dash. Something like that. <laughs> what is um, it called? I don't remember. DoorDash. I was gonna say DoorDash, <laughs> Door but that's this annoying phantom has been experienced by dozens of guests over the years. He's often joined by the ghost of a woman who has been seen outside of the Zane Gray suite. It turns out that two prostitutes have been murdered in that room. Another phantom that hangs out at the Mont Vista Hotel is that of a man who endlessly paces in the Gary Cooper room. He is often reported coughing and clearing his throat. Many guests have reported feeling unnerved by the distant, distinct feeling that someone is watching them in the room. The ghosts keep coming in this incredibly haunted hotel. There's a spectral entity that was a former bank robber is said to haunt the saloon. Ellen Roberts, a hotel desk clerk, reported in 1970, three men robbed a nearby bank and to celebrate stopped in our lounge for a drink, even though one of the men had been shot during their escape. Mm. While having his drink, the wounded man died, and some believe he is the spirit that's haunting this area of the building. While enjoying a drink in the cocktail lounge in this hotel, you may sense the spirit of the bank robber who died of his gunshot wounds in that section of the building. Or you may experience some strange things in room 220, as did the maintenance man who returned to the room five minutes after leaving, locking it up and only to find the TV on at full blast and the bed lines stripped. Could these phantoms come to life during the celebration of the hotel's origination of New Year's Day almost 100 years ago? Many feel it does. Mm. Those are pretty good. Yeah, I liked those. Shanks. Hope y'all liked them for your little January 1st, New Year's Day bonus. Yes. New well, Year's Day. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, and all that stuff, you can email us at ameliamurders at gmail.com. Yes, and you can go to our Instagram at a million murders to look at the people, places, things. You can go to our Facebook page and Facebook group, a million murders to check out any updates 
and upcoming things. I almost said events, but there are <laughs> no events. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you can do that too. Well, thanks for tuning in. And we hope you come back for a, a million, million more. more. Happy, Happy New Year! Year!